drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid Drinkers Friday, everybody's favorite day of the week. I'm your host, Derek Oakley, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. You guys know what it is. Drink it in, uh... Serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid, talking Lions here on the show. And uh, we, we've got a great guest. Uh, had a bunch of fun. If you didn't hear the Wednesday show, you got to go back and check it out. Uh, I just went crazy on the microphone. Had a bunch of fun with some entertaining rants. Uh, went way off the wall. Talked about a bunch of players. Threw out a bunch of hyperbole and had fun. And Logan Lamer and Deer very rationally talked about the Detroit Lions and gave thoughts and opinions and, you know, very educated responses to my craziness. So that was fun. And here on the Friday, Logan's back. I mean... He's ready to talk ball, and we're tell you about all the great things he's doing on all the social platforms and all that. So, Logan, it's Friday. We're talking Lions. You're drinking a little sip and a little Detroit Kool-Aid over there. How you doing this week? <laughs> doing great. I haven't sipped any Lions Kool-Aid really this year, but I, I need to. I need to oh. be more optimistic, but uh, <laughs> that's just not where I'm at right now with this team. <laughs> you definitely need a tall glass, my friend. Drink it in, uh... <laughs> Oh, there's no question. It tastes delicious. Eventually, it'll taste like victory. So, everybody, before we get rolling, I mean, again, go check out Logan. He's with Sports Illustrated All Lions, SI All Lions. Go check out all the articles and content, both by him and all the other great writers over there. He's on a bunch of different radio spots talking Lions. He's very nice enough to come on here about once a month or so and talk Lions with me. And uh, today on the show, we're going to talk Cleveland Browns, the Lions heading to Cleveland. We'll also talk some NFL draft, which will be fun. I know a lot of you guys are looking forward and kind of seeing, okay, like, yes, a horrible season. We want a lot more wins, but we know there's multiple first-rounders and lots of draft picks heading this way that Brad Holmes hopefully will use correctly, and we will uh, get this team rolling. So, Logan, you ready to just get into this today? Always. Always ready. So, Logan, let's talk Cleveland Browns. Like, I mean, this is a game where a lot of high hopes for Cleveland. You know, they were going to do this, that, and the other. They were going to be a Super Bowl favorite. You know, the team's 5-5 five and five right now. They got injuries all over the board. We got Kareem Hunt out. We got Baker Mayfield with multiple injuries. Oh, wait, hold on. The quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, I got to say it like I say it on the show. Baker Mayfield. I mean, this guy's hurt everywhere. <laughs> He's got multiple things going on. They just let go of Odell Beckham. Um 
They've got Jarvis has been hurt. Nick Chubb's been out with both injuries and COVID, I believe. I mean, I don't know what I'm else I'm missing, but they're just a, a absolute tire fire, as Matt Derry would say right now. You go into their house. The Lions haven't won a ball game. They're coming off a tie against Pittsburgh. A tie, Logan, where both teams scored the same amount of points and the clock ended in overtime. It was a tie. I mean, where are you at with this ball game? I mean, here we are talking midweek, a little bit early, giving them the Friday show. Like, what are you expecting from this? Just seems like a total question mark, toss up, who knows type of thing. Yeah, I, I don't ever really know how the Lions are going to come out because some games it's uh, really close and it's typically against those teams you don't think they should all be that close with. And then the games you think they have a chance is when they totally just – uh yeah, don't show up. So <laughs> you never really know what you're going to get with this Lions team. I think the Browns team still has plenty of talent despite all their injuries. It's amazing that they're only five and five. I, I thought they would be a little better than what they are. And, uh, you know, OBJ leaving town uh, takes a hit, but it's not like he was doing all that much for the team anyways. And they still have a great rushing attack, which has been the strength of the team. And Baker Mayfield has kind of underwhelmed than he has for most of his career so it's just uh there's still plenty of talent on the Browns roster I'm kind of jealous of all the the young talent and talent they have everywhere and the Lions <laughs> looking at their roster compared to the Browns it's like yeah there's really no way I don't see any way the Lions win but again it's it's the NFL you never know the Lions the odds are that the Lions will probably win a game at some point it's just Who's it going to be? So I, I don't think the Lions will be favored in any games, but you know I, I do think they'll win at least one. We're talking about minimum one game. <laughs> but Logan, let me let me serve up a little Kool Aid. Like I said before, basically all their stud RBs are either hurt or dinged or out or whatever, right? We've got them coming off a horrible, as Charles Barkley might say, a terrible loss against the New England Patriots. What, like 40-something to like 3-7, whatever they had. It doesn't even matter. Like, they just got shellacked by Mac Jones. Like, that's that's an indictment right there on their whole team, their offense, and their defense. As I said, one of my favorite players in the league, Bake. Mayfield is just I mean he's not only got the shoulder injury but when he's been out there I mean he's he's hit or miss as well like sometimes he plays well he only throws the ball like 25 times a game other guys are throwing we're letting Jared Goff can't throw throw it like 30 40 times and Baker Mayfield can't get a throw um to save his life like we don't even know what they're gonna be like here in week two without uh their dynamic receivers you got people's Jones from Michigan there that's starting to come along but I don't know where all this talent is you're seeing I'm seeing a lot of guys on the IR and then when you move to defense like yes Miles Garrett's a problem we get it. Like, Jadavian Clowney is Jadavian Clowney. Like, he's always, uh, you know, a big name that always puts up very minimal stats and then is hurt a lot. So he's probably this, about the same this year. You've got a few other defenders, corners, and they, they got my boy JOK over there. But where's all this talent you're seeing that's just un you know, doable because this feels more like a, hey, why can't the Lions go in and, and fight hard again? Maybe get one. Well, I think Nick Chubb, you know, he was on the COVID list. Um, I imagine he'd be back, but I can't say really for sure. And then their offensive line is very talented. I think it's one of the best in the league. And you just saw 
them lock up uh, their guards um, just this past week, I think, with uh, extensions, Wyatt Teller. Um, and I, I don't even know how to say that other guy's name. Um, or I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's Joel, Joel B. Joel, Joel Batonio. Um, Batonio. Yeah, Batonio. There, that's what it was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, it's a, how it's do you a great even name. say that name? I was, uh, it's a great name. I know I've heard it before, but I'm not going to even try to say it. Um, yeah, so really the offensive line, I think it's just that's where they win is uh, on the ground, and they do that with the offensive line. So it's not going to be like the big sexy names that are you're going to hear all over you know, ESPN and stuff, but where their good players are is at the positions that are a bit more unheralded, and that's where it, it's important. But the defense – um, you know, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsome, uh, the Lions, <laughs> John Johnson, who a lot of Lions fans wanted uh, free from the Rams. He's been playing well. So I, I think the linebackers have been struggling a bit. But overall, um, the, I think there is talent. It's just kind of, again, I think there was a reason that they were a mini preseason favorites, you know, to get to the Super Bowl to win that division. They just haven't been able to put it together. That's for a lot of different reasons, but I still think it's a talented football team. Well, I, I don't disagree with you on the talent. What I was saying is a lot of it's not there. Like, I'm even thinking about it now. Isn't JOK out? So he had a great rookie start. I think he's out. Um, you know, the I think the, he came back this week, right? Is he back? And then you said you, you do think Chubb's going to play. I, I wasn't sure of his status when we're recording here, but he's obviously a heck of a player. But here's the thing. All the things you named about, like, why the Cleveland has talent, it sounds like all the areas the Lions are pretty good, too. You, you like Nick Chubb. I mean, last time I checked, DeAndre Swizzle put up 130 yards, had 33 carries. He didn't even catch the ball very much. He continues to put up stats, still one of the better fantasy running backs, and people still want to hate on him. Oh, he can't, uh, you know, he can't run in between the tackles. What does it matter when you can catch, you know, 50 balls and 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 run outside for 15 yards a crack? I mean, who, who cares? Like, I feel like we got good running back. We got good offensive line, minus Frank Ragnow, who we'd love to have. Uh, Taylor Decker was a heck of a positive coming back and then when you move to the defensive side of the ball like I don't know about you but I'm starting to love our corners like I love me some Jerry Jacobs I'm starting to like AJ Parker I like um, you know some of these young guys that are really under the radar they're just out there scrapping I think we had nine deflected balls against Pittsburgh like I mean that's a good day for the corners getting their hands on the football hopefully Tracy Walker said he'll be back he's obviously been playing great putting some heavy hits on people doing things and, and like I said, our linebackers, uh, hmm, you know, uh, our guys up front, we'd love to see some more pressure. So I feel like we're almost in the same realm, except we don't have Miles Garrett. And, and yeah, Nick Chubb is maybe a bit better than, than Swift as a, you know, straight up running back. But Swift's dynamic player. Like, we always have that argument here on the show. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the NFL. There's a lot of good players. It's just uh, the high-end talent, I do think. Um, Nick Chubb is a high-end talent. I think he, I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. To tell you the truth, just because I, I think we've probably gone over it on this show before, but it's like I oftentimes look at yards after contact or the yards over expected per carry, and Nick Chubb's always up there because he's making yards for himself. So even though they have a great offensive line, he is still Nick Chubb is still getting more than what's blocked for him, and that's where I think Swift has struggled. But um, yeah. I I can't really argue the Lions' talent level all that much. 
it's just <laughs> it's tough to go over their roster and be like oh yeah the lions that position group is better than the, the opponent's position group but um like i said it's the nfl these guys these guys are getting paid they're everyone in the nfl is good it's just you need that elite talent uh to really help your team win in most situations logan why do you hate deandre swift do you want do you want to tell everybody on the show why why you don't like this player i mean i don't, I don't understand the hate i really don't <laughs> i i don't hate him at all i like what he does but i do think he's a I don't think he's necessarily a guy that's going to be like a true workhorse type of back. And I think there's a lot of better running backs out there in the league that in terms of straight running ability and breaking tackles um, and getting the tough yards. But I think Swift is very excels and is one of the best in the league when he's in space and, you know, catching the ball, he's had some, a little bit of drop issues, but it's a guy who, um, the, the risk is outweigh the rewards with what he can do with the ball in his hands. But in terms of a true like workhorse running back, I don't think Swift is really that guy. And they made him that guy last week and it played great. So maybe you can keep riding the hot hand and he's remained healthy this year, which has been great. Um, but he does have a history of getting nicked up a little bit. So it just does worry me that in year two, if, if you're going to try to make this guy into a workhorse back, that it might shorten his shelf life a little bit when we need him in a couple of years from now. But I, I'm not hating on DeAndre Swift. I just oftentimes, uh, I think people will talk about his fantasy value and I have him in my fantasy leagues and I've been very happy with him. But in terms of straight running, if you, if you have a third and short situation, I think there's a lot of other running backs I would prefer over DeAndre Swift getting the this, ball up the gut or anything like that. And that's fine. Know his limitations, play him to his strength. That's all I'm saying. But this is what I don't get from you on this whole topic is like, if we had to pick a better player in space, is it Swift or Chubb? Um, it, Come on, that's an well, easy answer, in bro. In terms of one-on-one -on -one matchup, it'd, it'd probably be Swift. But at the Who's same better? time, I think Chubb <laughs> is more likely to get more yards than Swift <laughs> in a weird way. Who's better at catching the ball, Swift or Chubb? <laughs> Come on, these are, these are easy I'll answers. Give, I'll go Swift. Okay, so what I'm trying to show you, and you're hemming and hawing over there trying to go 50-50 like you do, Swift is better in space and better catching of the ball, and Chubb's a better straight downhill in between the tackles runner. What's the point? Like, I think you want a guy to be incredible right. at everything, and you just need to accentuate the guy's positives and don't worry that, okay, he has a horrible yards per carry. Uh, big deal. Every time I look at Swift, every time he's been out there, go look at his game logs. I bet you we've played nine now. I mean, I bet you six or seven of those have been really quality games by him. A couple games, not so much. Like, I I don't know. I just don't see it. Like, I don't know why everyone hates on these little things where, like, the guy's a he's – he's the best player on the Detroit Lions. I put it on Twitter. It's it's There's no question about it. He's definitely up there. He's definitely up there with one of their best players. But, again, that's uh, <laughs> not probably saying all that much considering – their talent level, but <laughs> come on, how give him some you credit. Have to work to get DeAndre Swift in space. You have to make sure he gets in space because that's what he does best, and that's fine. And that most of the players are system players in the NFL, anyways. I've always said that, where it's like you can put a certain player on a different team and ask him to do different things, and he's not going to look nearly as good as he is on another team that uses him properly. 
So you just have to understand what Swift is. But there's times when Swift isn't going to be an open space and you need him to get yards and he might not do it, which is fine. I understand his limitations. It's okay. But I'm, I'm not trying to hate on DeAndre Swift, but it's just, I think it needs to, fans need to be more aware of, of his limitations when it comes to running up the gut or being a true bell cow. But you can kind of laugh my face because that my theory goes right out the window. If you look at last week. Exactly. And I don't, I never am sitting there at the TV like, Hey, run DeAndre Swift right up the middle. No. I mean, I, I know what he can do. Just like <laughs> I, I don't ever draft Nick Chubb, even though he's a great player because I don't feel like he can catch it. I don't think he's as shifty and dynamic. He just, he just puts up yards because they hand it to him 20 sometimes a game and he just breaks off a couple big plays every game and the Lions are definitely going to have to avoid that. So let, let's just put it like this. I see this game as like a much more of a Cleveland, you know, just got trounced. So they're going to be looking to get after the Lions. The Lions have been scrapping. There's no question. But again, there might be bad weather in Cleveland or it might be a little bit. But if it's nice, and I think I did look at the forecast, to be honest, now that I think about it, it's supposed to be like 45 and, and sunny or partly sunny. So I don't want to hear any weather excuses. And Jared Goff needs to figure out how to throw a ball, get himself together. And like, I would love this to be another. Good quality played game. I, I don't see it necessarily as a win for the Lions. I'd love that win to come on Turkey Day against Chicago and put Justin Fields in the ground with our defense. But, uh, yeah, I I think this could be more of a game than you seem to be making it out to be. But I, I don't necessarily see it as the, the first one the Lions get just based on the up-down theory with the Browns. And if... Baker Mayfield's back there, and they have some of these other playmakers we've been talking about. Like, it'll probably be a little bit too much for him. That's my opinion. So, what's your thoughts on the game? And then throw out a prediction to score for me. Ooh, so I, I think it'll still be close. The Lions have found ways to make most of their games close, and it's the NFL. But uh, just the defense, I think the Lions have been playing a little bit better, and I think it's going to be. Um, probably one of those games where there's a lot of rushing. So that will slow down the game. So I'm going to say the Browns, 27, the Detroit Lions, 17. Hey, you're, you're a smart man because as I was thinking about it, I was at 24-17, um, you know, just – 24-14, I'm going to go with 10-point loss because Jared Goff can't throw until he shows me he can throw and actually complete <laughs> balls and do things. We talked about that on the Wednesday show. Uh, I don't know how they're going to put up points regardless of how good Swift is and some of these other ball players And, and TJ... Hawkinson, please show up. <laughs> please make a catch. Please maybe make multiple catches. Please maybe find the end zone. That'd be tremendous. Please maybe catch a seam pass that's over, I don't know, six yards down the field. That'd be great as well. So I hope it's a fun one to watch. I would love the Lions to pull it out. Cleveland's obviously hurting, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. So uh, good argument. We got on the swift uh, tangent, but that's always fun when you're on the show because you hate the guy, and I love the guy. So it's always a good debate. Um, how, oh, about we t- <laughs> how about we take a sponsor break and come back and talk some NFL draft? You ready to get into that? Yeah, draft season. <laughs> draft season already everybody we know you want to hear it we'll talk about some general topics and get into nfl drafts right after the break you ready showtime 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now... Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? Hold on, let me, let me pour you out a little glass here for the second part of the show. We're talking NFL Draft here with Logan Lamar and Deer of Sports Illustrated, all Lions. Drink it in, man. <laughs> Logan, I mean, we, we just love when we hear this sound. That means the pick is in. Now, we're so far away from the draft, it's, it's hard to talk about all the specifics as we will do later. Um, eat it up, but here's how I want to tee it up for you. Like the Lions have a lot of picks, they have a lot of high picks. They have Brad Holmes, who's a guy who's made his living on the NFL draft. So I just want to ask you, kind of, let's say you want to be real aggressive and you're trying to fill a lot of holes as well as take this team from everyone's dumping on it this year to like all of a sudden next year they're much more balanced on both sides of the ball. They've got some dynamic players and they're ready to kind of flip the script. Like we see a lot of NFL teams do like, Hey, maybe they win a couple games this year and the next year before you know it, before their mid season, they got, you know, five, six wins in the back pocket. You know, that's kind of turnaround. We'd all love to see. So with that being said, like to me, the O line is set running backs are set tight end one 
even though I bagged on him here on a couple shows and he's put up a double goose and a lot of bad games this year. Tight end one is set. Interior defensive line, big denim, Levi Onzerike, as well as Aleem McNeil is set. Like, if those positions are set to some degree, and of course we got some players in some other spots, but I'm saying like in your mind, if you're going into a draft, you could sort of put those on the back burner and say like, we're pretty good there. If there's a player that sticks out, we'll go take him. Like, how could you get aggressive and really like turn this draft where, you know, you, you, f- you make the offense dynamic as well as give us another defensive player or two that are just scary. Can, can you make that happen? Yeah, it's, it's all about, picking the right guys. That's, that's the key of the draft every year. You, you see certain teams that, you know, take the next step really quickly is because they have a rookie draft class that can come in and contribute right away. And the lions have plenty of picks this year to do so, uh, you know, a few high picks for sure. And who knows if the lions would even want to trade down or even to think about that. I, there's, there's always good players that pretty much, every spot that you're taking in the first few rounds, that's just um, actually taking the right player. And that's, I I've never, although I've, I've been a little bit more on the tank team this year where it's like, let's just get that first overall pick because it's a full rebuild. I, you know, I, I have always struggled with, uh, you know, we need to lose one more game this year. So we get a better draft pick or something like in years past where it, I, there's always good players. You just have to pick them. So that's what it, that's what Brad Holmes, that's where he's going to really have to show up. I, I think last year, um, I think he did well, but it's, there's still a long ways to go with these rookies and especially the interior defensive guys where they need to start stepping up. And Penny Sewell's had his up and down, but you can see the talents there. And that's all I really care about for the next draft is really taking the same approach to the Lions to the last draft. And that's drafting the best player available and outside of maybe tackle and probably tight end. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out any player um, at any position just because the Lions need elite talent. And if they feel confident that they have a player who's a can't miss prospect on their board, they need to take them and worry about the depth <laughs> And it's not like there's much depth there anyway. So even if they do take a player um, at a position of depth, it just, again, overall bolsters their roster. And you, if it comes down to it, you can trade a player or go that route. It's just really the Lions desperately need talent. So take it wherever it is. Trade down if you can. Add a few picks. Um, and just get more shots at the at your lottery ticket. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of what <laughs> the draft is. You think you like a prospect, but you never really know what they're going to turn into at the NFL level. So let me ask you this, Logan. Uh, I like to put you on the spot here when we're doing these types of talks. Uh, with the first overall pick, the Detroit Lions select. You're taking Thibodeau. You're making the pick. You're trading. First overall what, pick. What, what, what are you doing <laughs> right now? I would be taking Thibodeau. Um, and obviously I don't know what trade offers would be there, but I would be listening to a lot of trade offers. I, I really like Thibodeau and I think he is a game changer, but I think there's a couple, um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is another player I like. Uh, it'll be really interesting to just kind of see, you know, after the combine, there's so much draft stuff to still sort out. But at this point, I would love to move down 
a few picks and still get a great player and just the value it costs to move up just a few picks at that high in the draft, you usually get a lot of return. And again, that's what the Lions need to do is keep stacking draft picks. Uh, and I think Thibodeau, and I haven't really determined yet if I think he's truly, you know, like on that Miles Garrett type of level. I, I think he is, but there's still still some sorting out to do there. But I, I do like Thibodeau the best as of now for if the Lions were going to stay pat at number one. All right, let me let me follow up, piggyback if I can. Uh, let's say the Philadelphia Eagles are willing to give you what, right as we're talking now, would be pick five, pick ten, and pick fifteen for number one. Uh, would you take that? Without a doubt, if they offered all those picks yeah. to move up to one, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would probably even. Even if they offered what five and fifteen or something like that, I'd do it. You wouldn't even have to give me all three, and I'd gladly move back um, oh, a yeah. few picks just to get an extra first round pick. I agree with you there. Now let me ask you this too. I've seen a lot of Twitter chat about you know people like everyone's penciling Thibodeau as the guy, but I've seen a lot of stuff recently. People hating like the Lions don't need an edge. We've got Romeo, and we've got this, and we've got that, and we've got these outside linebackers and. I just don't see it like the I mean this guy's as you said the best talent in the draft he's a he looks like a you know a, just a grown man he's he's the best talent he's wrecking shop in college you know to me it's like you can never have enough pass rushers so have you heard some of this for people who are like they act like they want to pass on him or you know I'm with you on the trade down but the minute you trade down you don't get that player you know you don't get both so um, that's the only hesitant is if you think this guy could really be that good or he's really that much better than you know the next couple guys on the board like sometimes you do just have to take him and know that man this guy's going to be good for our football team for a while and he's at a premier spot which is getting after the quarterback so that's my only reservation about it like have you seen this where people just think that we get by with like Charles Harris and Aquara and Aquara's brother and a couple other people like I just don't see that I still don't see us getting after the QB yeah, I don't see that at all, really. I think Thibodeau, you said it, you can never have enough pass rushers. You That's the name of the game in the NFL. It's a passing league, and the quickest way to stop the pass is having a pass rush. Yeah. And so if you want to rely on the Charles Harris's of the world, like that's that's not going to instill too much confidence in me in the pass rush. You need guys that can take over games. And I think, as again, at this point, I think Thibodeau can be that guy. Uh, and that's the type of player I'd want, but um, yeah, the edge rushers, I think Trey flowers, uh, maybe there's a conversation for another day, but you know, I don't think he's going to be sticking around in Detroit all that long. Um, just due to the scheme fit, the, the price he's being paid compared to the production, his injury history, uh, Romeo Aquara with his Achilles injury now, and he was having a, a solid, very good season. I, I still don't think he's that type of guy who would be on, Thibodeau's level or have that type of potential so it's I I want as many pass rushers as possible honestly and um (laughs) I don't think you can have enough so I again I mentioned it earlier where it's like you know even if you if even if you have some depth it shouldn't preclude you from drafting a great talent especially at like the edge position which is one of those positions you have to have they're a really expensive position if you try to get one on the open market. It's just one of your cornerstone pieces. I don't think the Lions could pass it up unless they got some great uh, trade-down offer. 
Yeah. Here's a couple quick things. Here's the thing too. Like again, I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I didn't want Trey Flowers. I thought at the time he was a great fit. He was a good player. I thought he was gonna be more productive. But every time I see him on Sundays, man, I think I called out this last game. I was like, man, dude looks like an elephant on roller skates, man. He's always he doesn't look smooth doing anything. Like yes, he sometimes gets a nice bull rush or sometimes he he gets a nice run stuff. But anytime he's trying to track down the quarterback or guys on swing pat he like he just looks awkward and clumsy and I mean I know he's great in the locker room and people really respect him it's like that's not worth 18 plus million dollars to me so as soon as we can get rid of Trey Flowers and get a more smooth silky dynamic athlete I'm doing it all day every day I think his days are absolutely numbered I I'd even limit his snaps now and start playing other people I did want to follow up on Aiden Hutchinson to me he's tearing it up in college everyone loves him he's from the University of Michigan he's a beast his dad was a beast in the league he's got a lot of things going for him my thing is just is he a good enough athlete to to play in that outside edge at the next level I mean people have said he's got the motor of Winovich and the you know, dynamic talent of these other top rushers, you know, like Miles Garrett and whatnot. Like, do you see that translating or do you think that he might be that great college player that comes in the league and doesn't get washed out? He's productive, but he's not putting up these gaudy numbers like he is because there's great athletes and great tackles that'll just deal with him and maybe doesn't have enough overall athleticism to overcome some of that. I think he actually has pretty good athleticism. Um, who knows if it's at like the truly elite level and you always have to be careful with like Michigan's uh, like pro day numbers, or at least when they test these guys. Um, So I, it's tough to say. I I don't think he's quite as bendy as typically the players I really like on the edge. Cause I think that bend and that ability to turn the corner uh, on that, the three cone or the seven cone drill, um, or the three cone drill in under seven seconds. That's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> those type of numbers I always look at. I, I think he's going to be a, a test really well, but I don't know if he's going to be on Thibodeau's level or not. But Hutchinson's just a very well rounded player, too, which is always nice. So I think with Thibodeau, maybe you have a little bit more pass rush upside, but not as much run defense. Whereas Hutchinson is a little bit more well rounded with still a good upside. So it's just kind of a, what type of player do you prefer? And typically as a defensive end, I, you're going to go with the, the player who has that higher pass rush upside because that's typically what you're paying them for unless yeah. obviously you're trade flowers. Yeah, he basically hit on what I was trying to say, which is like, I love everything about Hutch's game. I mean, again, his motor never stops. He's got power. He can play the run. He'll get after your quarterback. But that Ben that you mentioned, as well as like, you can be a good athlete when it comes to timing, but I'm talking about, you know, that just, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm just curious how he'll translate. So how high would you take Aiden Hutchinson? Is he going to go two, three, four, five, or is he going to slip to the middle and be a really good NFL player? What do you think? Well, you know me, I'm all about athletes. <laughs> so <laughs> I think especially at the defensive end position where uh, all the, typically all the best defensive ends or edge rushers are those elite athletes. So if a guy as an edge rusher isn't really an elite athlete, I'm not going to be looking at him all that high. So uh, a lot comes down to me, not only on film, but uh, these edge rushers that they're going to be at elite athletes because at the end of the day, that's really – 
Um, you look at all the pro bowlers and all pros and typically those guys are just the best of the best, like top notch athletes, um, because they're facing off against really good athletes at offensive tackle. Those guys for how big they are, they can also move very well too. So I, I think it's a, you know, you think of athletes, you always think of the guys on the outside, whether it be the cornerback or wide receiver, those type of players, because they're running the fastest. But I, I think overall, typically the defensive ends are truly like some of the best athletes on the field, just because of their size. You, you look at their size adjusted speed scores and all that. It's like, those guys are just, you know, insane athletes. So yeah, I would I, I probably can't... take Hutchinson, you know, if he tests, if he tests where you, I think he's going to test, which is like a really good athlete, I'd probably still take him in the top 10. Yeah, I'm really curious. A uh, lot of a lot of hype, lots of talk about him being a top, you know, five, even top three guy. I'm curious how that will pan out as well. I obviously love the player, and I think the Lions, you know, could do a lot of good with those type of guys that we talked about there. Now, real quick, I got a couple more for you, but I got a little breaking news. We got uh, the one and only Tori Petri here on Twitter announced that she's going to be doing work for ESPN Plus, working some college games. So congratulations there. Tori's obviously the best and moved on from the Lions. So there's a little, you know, side item with the Lions there. It just broke as we're, as we're chatting. And getting back to the draft man i want to ask you about um we kind of said like fixing them quick like when i look at it when i was putting out my priorities you can find me on twitter at Derek okri that's spelled d-e-r-e-k-o-k-r-i-e i was like i had defensive end at the top of my list but that wasn't because we didn't have anybody it was more like i still viewed defensive end as outside backer or an edge rusher that like you just said, goes and gets the quarterback, and then everything else he does is a bonus. But I want him to be a smooth athlete, a bendy player, a guy that just is unblockable. You know, you have to worry about him every Sunday. So that's why that was at the top of my list. I also felt like the other positions, again, without running them all down um, to a T, is like I still feel like, you know, we need another backer, um, you know, linebacker. Derek Barnes is getting some spotty time, and I like him, but maybe if there's a dynamic player at the linebacker position, safety to me is the one that I would really love. I am even willing to spend that low first-round pick on a dynamic safety. There's a couple in uh, at Penn State as well as, um, you know, some other guys at the top of the draft, the Hamilton from Notre Dame or whatever. So I, I – I really think the Lions need that dynamic safety that can play the run, the pass, blitz, do all the things you look for in the league. Wide receiver is the one everyone has circled, but I just want to tell everybody in Detroit and all Lions fans, like, just calm down a little bit about receiver. Like, I feel like we we got happy because we had 81 here and because we drafted a million receivers, so they're so caught up in, like, having to have this two, three, four type receiver core when it's like we can get them as we go. You know, I know we need them and we need a, a player now, but... You know, I think they're just slap happy on receivers because that's what Detroit's drafted. And that's why we haven't won a lot of football games because you had a couple of receivers. You didn't have anything else. Um, and I still think, you know, depending on how like Jerry Jacobs and Iffy and AO come along, like I'm always looking for another corner, another top flight corner, because as you said, passing league, um, go ahead and get me another guy that can really lock up. And uh, I think that would help this team a lot is to be able to cover the pass a lot better, get more turnovers, things like that. So that's kind of like my list of man, if you could plug those few holes with some really dynamic players in the first three to four rounds. I think that would really help the team the most moving forward. For sure. And yeah, safety, I think would be huge to have actually like a true playmaker because the Lions are lacking playmakers. And um, I think safety is just one of those spots where 
if you have a safety who can be all over the field, it just changes your whole defense. So that'd be real nice. Yeah. Wide receiver obviously is a big hole, but again, I, there's so many wide receivers that come into the draft every year. You can get those guys in the mid rounds and you see plenty of mid round players that have very productive careers. Uh, and even free agency, it's like every year in free agency, if you, if you want to pay for a receiver, you can usually get one, but I, I just don't think if you have a good quarterback and you have an offensive line, that can block for a running back. You don't need any elite type of receiver. You just need, you know, maybe some rookie contract receivers and maybe they are elite or they, you spend a high draft pick on them and that's fine, but at least they're cheap for five years. Um, I've just never, we've talked about this before. I, I just never have been big on paying top dollar for big name receivers because they, they make flashy plays, but at the end of the day, it's, you look at a lot of the past Super Bowl winners, um, you know, dating back 12 years, 12 years ago, there's a lot of, there's plenty of teams that are filled in through there that haven't had some um, great receiving core. They've been solid, but at the same time, uh, I mean, the Bucks obviously last year, very talented, um, Kansas City, Tyree Kill, you know, but again, he was on a rookie contract when they won their Super Bowl. So it's not like they were paying him all that much. I just think it's tough for me to really pay a wide receiver and just take stabs at the receiver, deep receiver classes in the mid rounds. And a lot of times you can get production. So um, uh, any other, uh, all the positions, you linebacker. Yeah. I'll, I'll take another linebacker corner. I'd take another corner. <laughs> you, know, it's, you can go down the line. I I'm not writing off really any position. So, so let's end our draft talk and, and the show kind of with this, Mr. Logan Lamarandier. I've come around to your way of thinking as much as I feel like Jared Goff can't throw um, <laughs> he can't throw a spiral he can't make plays like I'm much more in the camp I think now of unless uh, a QB really not only they fall in love with but is just the guy which I I see some good talents out there I feel like a lot of people are sort of killing this quarterback class I mean last time I checked there's going to be at least you know eight to ten guys that I think are worthy of a top you know three round uh first second or third type round selection that could possibly play for you but what I'm trying to say is I'm kind of coming around to like maybe we just wait because as much as I'm frustrated with Jared Goff as much as I don't think he can throw as much as he's just playing horrible like I think that He's already paid for next year. You're going to have 12 to 15 in dead cap if you move on. There's probably not a QB at the top of the draft. You just have to have, even if there's one down the line, you could probably take other positions that are well worth that draft pick that you could grow and develop. And then, as you say, plug in the quarterback later. So I think Brad Holmes and company are going to have to do a real nice job of sort of looking at the landscape and saying, like, even if there's a top receiver at the end of the first round, like maybe we can go the free agent route instead and get that safety at the bottom of the first round. That'll be a, a more impactful piece right now, as well as a better long term investment than getting a fringe type receiver and things like that. And. I don't know what that mix is right now, but I do think that that's going to be the telling sign if they can flip the script. It's going to have to be a really nice marriage of 
free agency, them cutting a few guys, and then merging that in with the draft to say, like, look at what we got now. Because a much better team from top to bottom, as well as a couple more offensive weapons, um, I do think that Goff could go from really horrible and can't throw to looking quite a bit better next year, which is still going to be another foundation building, developing type year for the team overall. And that's kind of how I'd approach it. Roll him out there, assume he'll be better with better team, better players, fill in those really necessary holes, and then that third year kind of go with that top five, top ten selection that you'll probably have and just go say, this is the quarterback year. Exactly. And I've come if around. maybe the, if there was a can't-miss quarterback at the top of this draft, sure, go for it. But I don't think they should be reaching for a quarterback just to get a new quarterback. They still need to add talent because if they get an average quarterback, it's not going to be doing them much good. They need to, even if they draft an average quarterback a couple of years from now, at least if there's talent around them, that average quarterback will look a lot better than it is, and you can at least rack up some wins. But it's... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really fallen in love with any quarterback I've seen in this draft. And, you know, you, you never really know. Maybe even the year after that, I think the Lions will still have a pretty high pick and they'll have a second first-round pick for if they really needed to move up. They could they have draft capital to do so if they have to have a certain quarterback and they're picking a little bit further down. But I have a strong feeling that the Lions will still be picking pretty high, even in 2023 when the draft rolls around. Yeah, I can't wait for it, man. Like I said, as a struggle, as much of a struggle as this year has been, I really think the next two are going to be very exciting come draft time, come free agency, as this team starts to really take shape. Everyone's so frustrated now, but it's like it's eight games into a, a rebuild, a retool, a, a reformation of a franchise. Like, you know, as, as much Detroit Kool-Aid as I drink, I really didn't think it was going to be all perfect, even though I might have predicted a bunch of wins for for sake of entertainment in the show. It's like we kind of knew what it was going to be. And it's like, you know, it, I'm fine with it. I feel like it's actually going really well. Like right now we have the number one pick. We've we found some low end guys that are undrafted that might stick. We've um, we're weeding out some guys that have to go kind of leading off their contracts. So I feel like it's kind of going well. So Logan, I knew when we started talking draft, man, we could talk for another couple hours, but we got to get up out of here. So you want to remind anybody about uh, your Twitter feed, your your stats you're putting out. I mean, you always got good stuff going on. Yeah, the stats have been pretty dry lately, uh, unless I just want to be go full negative. No, nope, <laughs> talk about nope. all the poor, the bad. I can't things, have it. You know, I might, I might bring drink it in. Off, but... <laughs> drink it in, man. Drink it, drink it up. You'll get some positivity. You can dig and find some good stats for the fans out there. I'll need to. I'll, I'll find some positive stuff here soon post some more stats because that's always been my bread and butter, but it's just been such a buzzkill. <laughs> I go, I have this long list of all these websites. I always go through and scroll through every single stat. I'm like, all right, where's a good one? Where's a good one? And it's all on the opposite <laughs> end. I'm like, Oh, that's a bad stat. Oh, another bad stat. Oh, another bad stat. But anyway, killing um, right yeah, so, come on. Uh, SI all lines. <laughs> What's that? You're killing me with the negativity. This is the Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. Corn, cornbread. All right, go ahead. I didn't bring up any negativity. I just said there's a lot of negative stats up there. <laughs> but all right. SIL Lions slash NFL uh, or SI.com slash NFL slash Lions. 
Um, plenty of NFL Lions content there, just talking every possible subject you can imagine with the Lions. Um, at LM Randier on Twitter, um, Logan underscore Lam Randier on Instagram for those stats. Uh, pretty much just stats there. And then um, Detroit Lions Lowdown on Facebook. You can find everything there as well. So that's that's pretty much all of it. Well, there you go, everybody. Uh, just absolute pleasure having Logan on both the Wednesday show where he let me get all crazy and rant and rave and yell into the microphone. And then here on a Friday, talk NFL draft, Cleveland Browns versus the Detroit Lions. I mean, it could happen, everybody. This could be the week. And then we got Turkey Day right behind that. So, Logan, I'll let you get back to the fam, work, all the other million things you're up to. But thank you so much, man, for making time for the show and talking ball with me. Of course, you know, I always look forward to it. No doubt. So everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. And we'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.